Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. I hope this podcast finds you doing well today. Uh, it's been a pretty good day for me. Can't complain. Right? Well, you know, I always say I can't complain. It's really just about how little anybody would listen anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, and you just never know who's be willing to listen or not. I'm one of those who's willing to listen, right? Uh, that's like I'm always encourage you to hit that message button, share a question, share a comment, share a thought, share an experience, um, start a conversation with me. I appreciate it because uh, I love talking about life struggles, life's issues, and the recovery that's possible, right? Those are good topics, and I truly enjoy being able to talk about those things uh, with you guys. So don't hesitate to hit that message button. Start a conversation with me. I would like to hear from you. Also, don't forget to hit uh, that support button. I appreciate anything and everything that you feel led to contribute to this podcast. It absolutely is a blessing. I count it all a blessing, no matter what it is. And if for right now you can offer a prayer for this podcast, please, please do that too um yeah always looking for some prayer some positive affirmation right hopefully these podcasts are reaching people um and helping people that's my end goal i'm hoping that something that i share in my personal experiences um in my professional experiences uh as well as some other knowledge i've picked up along the way uh, uh, by sharing all of these things with you guys i'm hoping that you gain some insight or share it with someone else who would probably gain some insight right it's a good thing yeah it is a good thing last time we were together i talked about christianity and depression being a christian and dealing with depression oh that was tough I know that some people really feel like maybe you're lacking in your faith if you're struggling with anything. And I get that. I know some people who would simply say, just pray about it. And I agree with that. I do agree with that. But I think, as I said before, God gives us the spirit of wisdom. And that would be the wisdom to know that we need to take the steps we need to take to take care of ourselves. I think we need to have balance there. That is my suggestion. Some people are just really good at blowing things off. And some people are not. Some people are not. So, today, in this podcast, I want to talk about the other half of that same coin. Christianity and addiction. That, oh man, that is a tough topic. That is a tough topic. Um, Because sort of the same as dealing with mental health. People say, how can you be a Christian if you doubt? Why maybe you should just pray about it more? And it's like, I get that. I get that. I'm a firm believer in prayer. The power of of prayer but I also know that again we need to implement some wisdom 
when trying to manage our mental health or addiction issues. As if being a Christian and dealing with mental health wasn't tough enough, what if you're a Christian who's dealing with addiction? Should you then be the laughing stock? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Over the years, I've met a lot of people who are dealing with addiction issues who would profess to be Christian, profess to have a strong faith and a belief in God. And I mean, really, who am I to judge? Right? Who am I to judge? You, you alone know your true relationship is with God. Assuming that I'm talking um, to other Christians, of course. If you're not, that's okay. Um, maybe think of it as just having faith or, you know, whatever it takes for you. Whatever it takes for you. But today is about Christianity and addiction. And no, you shouldn't be the laughing stock. People shouldn't go, you, would you believe that he says he's a Christian? Yeah, he's completely addicted to whatever your drug of choice might be, right? You fill in the blank. Being a Christian really just boils down to having accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believing that he died on the cross for your sins and for them, uh, and for them they have been forgiven. Addiction is about the flesh. Overindulging in anything is about satisfying the flesh it's in our nature right it's it's human nature same with addiction to shopping same uh, regarding food addiction same as far as any sexual addictions may go you can struggle with these things and still believe that jesus died on the cross for you What's important is that is what's on your heart. That is what's important. I've met a lot of people in full-blown addiction who really, really had, I believe, on their heart had a desire to want to stop. There does, you may not believe it if you've not struggled with addiction, but I promise you, there does come a point where people are just truly sick and tired of being sick and tired. But stopping can just be overwhelming. Trying to think about how to quit using drugs can be overwhelming. And like with heroin or any opiate and alcohol, you got to find a way to plan to manage through the withdrawals. Do I, do I believe that it has um, um, any real impact on whether or not you believe in God or not? I don't. I mean, sometimes people in full-blown addiction do begin to lose faith, right? Because you wonder, why are we so stuck? Why are we so stuck in this junk if there's a God? Well, again, along with wisdom came a spirit of free will. And in our free will, we don't always make the best choices. 
in the spirit of free will, we don't always choose to live a godly will. Do you have a desire to stop the addiction and actually strive to do so and work on that? Second Peter 1, 5-7 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and one more, to godliness, mutual affection, and mutual affection, love. So there are actually two more. But you do this in the effort. You make the effort to add faith to goodness, goodness to knowledge. Knowledge would be treatment, whether it's for mental health issues or addictions issues. And then to knowledge, you'll add self-control. You'll learn how to work through the triggers and the desires to abuse or use or not take your mental health seriously. And then after self-control, you'll add perseverance. You'll strive to do better each and every day. Every day. The design of life and the beauty to enjoy it comes from the goodness of God. Addiction to anything comes from a lack of satisfaction in life because a need a needed component of our life is missing for completion something is missing in your life in your heart emotionally spiritually we choose drugs or alcohol to temporarily resolve this frustration maybe it's not just drugs maybe you have a bad habit of wrong relationships. So you may choose drugs, alcohol, or people to help resolve this frustration of emptiness until it becomes out of control. We need a way to escape our fleshly desires, a corruption of the world. That's what that is. You don't always want to do the wrong thing. Not everybody's thinking that when you're on the outside looking in, if you're the family or someone trying to help someone with their mental health issues or addictions issues, hmm, you have to believe when I say we don't want to always be this way. I kind of got this saying that I share with some of my clients is there does come a time where you stop abusing the drugs and they start abusing you. Addiction often has a hugely detrimental impact on all the loving relationships in your life. From your parents to your spouse to the children to friends, acquaintances, colleagues, right? And even God. It pulls you away from God. If you're a person of faith, it pulls you away from God. But that doesn't mean that you don't believe Many people who struggle with addiction question their relationship with religion and even turn away in anger 
and shame. I would say probably more often than not we turn due to some shame and guilt. Reconnecting with God and spirituality can be the missing piece in the puzzle. And combining faith with religion often gives believers a new sense of purpose in life. It's this newfound strength that can also help prevent you from relapsing. That's why they talk about spirituality even in the rooms of AA and NA. It is a key component. Love and community are Christian principles. Right? Love and community are Christian principles. We love to be around each other. We love people. We love helping people. Anyone who has been through addiction and recovery will tell you that a support network played a significant role in their healing process. That's why there's AA, NA. And if you are strong in your faith and would rather take that angle, there's Celebrate Recovery. Some of you know that I'm a leader uh, at our church, um, and my wife and I, um, with a couple of other people, facilitate um, a CR meeting on Mondays and Tuesdays in our community. It's a faith-based, Christ-centered 12-step program, Oh, and it's global, and I love that ministry. Um, it's done a lot for me as a participant and a leader. I absolutely enjoy it. By connecting with people around you who share common values and place love, understanding, and fellowship at the forefront of their lives, it is a big positive. It vastly increases your chances of abstaining for the right reasons and maintaining the lifestyle long-term, a lifestyle of sobriety. And recovery. If you're a person of faith who has lost their way or looking for somewhere to turn, religion can provide the foundation of support that you need. And I think it's a something everyone can use. Some degree of spirituality. Again, that's part one of the basis for AA, NA, and Celebrate Recovery. If it wasn't a key component, people wouldn't push it. Even the 12th step, right? It talks about having had, after having had a spiritual awakening, we spread this good news or spread this word or, you know, however you want to word it. But you have to have that spiritual awakening. Again, whether it's AA, NA, or Celebrate Recovery. Prayer provides guidance. That's why I asked for it on this podcast. Sure, anything um, financially that you can give, I am grateful for. But if you're in a time in your life where that's just not something you can do, you know, I am okay with that. It's not going to hurt me any. I gladly appreciate prayer too. Prayer provides guidance. When you face up uh, to the fact that you have a problem, the next step is a big one. Accepting that you need to change your life. Carving out 
a brand new path for yourself can be overwhelming and daunting. In substance abuse recovery, you let go of your old lifestyle, learn to change destructive thought patterns, and create a new life path that supports health and happiness. Through prayer, you can directly connect with God and ask Him for guidance and answers to your questions. I completely, wholeheartedly believe that. God is always there for you, regardless of what it is that you're going through. We tend to step away from Him, then blame Him. Mm. <laughs> oh, that would preach. That would preach, right? God is always there for you. While a support network that involves loving, experienced professionals, understanding peers, and informed loved ones provides you with part of what you need, your relationship with God can't be underestimated. In times of need, when your experience cravings and withdrawal symptoms you can find profound comfort in remembering that you are one of God's darling or dearly loved children. I believe that. I believe that. Reading the Bible and praying each morning helps you build a routine based on joy and positivity. I have to agree with that too. I mean, uh, for my hometown, I have two offices because um, our, our, my, the hospital I work for has two campuses, and they're about 45 minutes apart, 50 minutes apart. I love the two days that I have to travel to the other campus because then it's just me behind the wheel with Christian music playing, and I get the opportunity to pray about all kinds of things. I love being able to have that time with God. Besides that, it helps me in my recovery too. If you're new to the podcast, some of the things that I described that I've, uh, I'm in recovery is depression, anxiety, anger issues, and used to uh, um, use a lot of substances, pr- primarily alcohol, to medicate those things. Those are my issues. Everybody's got Something. Something, right? By focusing on the principles of Christianity throughout the day, you'll feel God's power helping you along each step of the way. Each step of the way. One day at a time. I know that sounds kind of cliche. One day at a time. Or it works if you work it, right? Um, It's true. It's true. I do feel like through God I can do all things. And right now that's put me in a job that I absolutely enjoy. And it's put me in a position to facilitate an absolutely blessing of a ministry in Celebrate Recovery. I always say, or I feel like, Celebrate Recovery found me. It found me, and somehow I feel like God prepared me for that well before 2008 when we first launched our first CR meeting. 
you have to believe that there's a better way. Because if, if not, then what's the point? Right? It's hard. It is hard. And I feel like most people who are dealing with addiction issues or mental health issues would understand the difficulty in battling that back and forth kind of thing. Right? Because the more people tell you that they question your faith and your relationship with God, it's, uh, you know, safe to say that you'll probably start doubting it too. Don't listen to it. Christian exercises assist spiritual progress. Christian exercises do things that help you move forward and strengthen your faith. Each of the following practices can aid you in recovery by applying these exercises during any rehab, whether it's a faith-based rehab or not, you become more often open to the changes required to move forward. Prayer. Through prayer, you can get even closer to God, seek answers for yourself, and enrich the lives of others. Meditation. Sometimes you'll feel like those are closely uh, uh, hand in hand, which could be, but meditation. Biblical meditation helps you to focus on essential passages of the Bible and gain a deeper understanding of the revelations. Openness to learning. Christianity teaches you to never close your mind off with regard to gaining knowledge and understanding of the world around you. Finding love and beauty in the small things. That too is important. When you're grateful in the minor things in life, we find perspective. Enjoy the little things in life. Passages from the Bible that offer encouragement. Here's a few. Right? There are many passages in the Bible that can help you while you're healing from addiction. Some of those includes like James 4, 7. Submit yourself then to God resist the devil and he shall flee from you another one uh, Matthew 26 41 watch and pray so that you shall not fall pray to temptation our spirit is willing but our flesh is weak mm, that'll preach too and then there's Peter 5.10. There's several, but here's just a few. Peter 5.10. And our God of all grace, whom summoned you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a while, will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You can return to health. That's what that means. That's what that means. You can return to health. Gain some momentum. Get your life back on track. Struggling with addiction can be one of the most difficult experiences a person can go through. The feelings of shame, regret, guilt, and hopelessness can haunt the addict's mind for years. And that's true. Those things are hard to feel. How could I have let this happen? We all ask that question. 
Why have I been so weak? We asked that one too. Just get in God's word. If you're in treatment, do as the counselors ask you to do. Find a sponsor. Again, whether you're in secular treatment or a faith-based treatment. While addiction is painful for everyone, everyone, I can't even emphasize that enough, while addiction is painful for everyone. For Christians, the struggle can be especially devastating. Many people view and expect Christians to be morally and ethically pure. Mm. And the Christian ideal of living in a sin-free life can add an extra layer of shame to the addict's conscience. You're already beating yourself up. Listen, guys, we're already beating ourselves up with all this negative self-talk. We're already doubting ourselves, especially if we consider ourselves to be Christian. We're already doubting ourselves. We don't need anyone's help in adding to that negativity. Let's take a closer look at some of the reasons why the struggle with addiction can be so difficult for Christians to deal with as well as how their faith can be a great resource in their quest for achieving recovery. It's crazy because I feel like one of the very key elements or tools that you need if you're a Christian, you already possess your faith. If you've been a Christian for a long time, you may be pretty strong in your faith. But the moment we start to doubt it, mm, oh my gosh, that's when things start to go south. Because deception and addiction go hand in hand. Perhaps the greatest ethical struggle for Christian addicts is confronting their dishonest behavior. Dishonesty can manifest itself in a number of ways when a drug or alcohol or sex addiction takes hold. As a Christian, you may feel an obligation to, uh, to live a righteous, devout life and to act as an upstanding pillar of the community. This may lead to dishonesty and deception in order to maintain appearances. But we're talking about your relationship with God. He sees you and he sees what's on your heart. So you're really not fooling anybody. Christian addicts will often live a double life. One that they present to their Christian friends and family. And another that they can't only acknowledge, that they can only acknowledge to themselves. Other friends that are really, really close. And maybe co-workers. For a Christian, the shame and guilt caused by addiction can be especially intense. It's hard enough not living the life that you are meant to live for your own sake, but knowing that you are not living the life God intended for you brings a uniquely powerful sense of shame. Feeling ashamed and disappointed in yourself and your actions can be a powerful tool for change. Use that shame 
as fuel. Use what disappointment you're feeling as fuel. Let that fuel the energy to push you towards recovery. It's important to remember that as human beings, we all, we all are susceptible to the temptations that can lead to addiction. It does, uh, it does no one any good to pretend that simply being a Christian makes us, <laughs> that's funny. It is true though, that just simply being Christian makes us pervious to sin or moral weakness. Right? And same for when you do get into ministry. Let's say you gain some recovery and you get all that kind of lifestyle behind you. It still does not exempt you from life on life's terms. That's why we're talking about change. Does not exempt you from life on life's terms. Many Christians fear that if they come clean about their addiction, they will be ostracized by their faith community, which is scary. I don't even know why that's an issue or how that's even a topic, right? That's when the church family should be drawn closer together. Yet, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but yes, some of the most judgmental people I've ever met are Christians. And I apologize for that, but you find those that are ready to embrace you in your struggle and help you purposefully seek out those people. It's it, you can't, you can't not right. I mean, you got to have positive people around you. Those who truly understand the Christian principle of forgiveness will answer the call to provide support and guidance, making one's church or faith community an invaluable resource for achieving recovery. Oh my gosh, you getting that? That's, that's the hard part, because there are going to be a few people who you've sat next to in church with for maybe years. Who knows? And as soon as you slide over a little closer and whisper in their ear, I need some extra prayer. My addiction to alcohol, methamphetamine, or whatever has returned and I've been struggling for the last few months. And you find that person avoiding you when the service is over. Prayerfully, that does not ever happen. But I got to say this again, those who truly understand the Christian principle of forgiveness will answer the call to provide support and guidance, making one's church or family community an invaluable source for achieving recovery. That's what we need is someone who's going to be an invaluable source. And I don't, I don't, and again, not everybody, even I think some Christians that are in a 12, 12 step program may not go to celebrate recovery and that's okay. 
you know, maybe before they renewed their faith or first got saved recently, but they've been going to a local AA meeting for years upon years, decade, maybe two, I could see where they would want to stick close to that family, to their AA or NA family. But if you want to, I feel like, truly implement one true higher power in your faith, for me, celebrate recovery was the way. Because then I could speak freely about who God is to me. I could speak freely about the fact that God is my higher power. And then I completely believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I can speak freely about that. And that alone, aside from all the other things that I get to experience with Celebrate Recovery, that alone brings me peace. And I'm pretty confident that just about everybody who attends our meetings, right? Uh, we do a CR meeting on Monday nights at our church. Um, the two main facilitators there have been doing it for several years, love them to pieces. And they've managed to pull together a pretty large group, 80 to 100 people, sometimes a little more. And I would guess to say that a lot of them was, would agree with what I'm saying. Being able to be free about who we believe in, what we believe in, alone brings some sense of peace. Before we even get to the curriculum that comes to celebrate recovery, before we even get to the open share small group time, or even the step study time, knowing that we can go in there free to be who we are and believe in what we believe brings some peace. It brings some peace. Always remember that as a Christian, the first step towards healing from addiction is honesty. Both with yourself and with God. Realize that your addiction does not make you any less of a Christian. Mm. I have to repeat that. And if you're listening in earbuds, earphones, turn it up. <laughs> Realize that your addiction does not make you any less of a Christian. In fact, by accepting that you are powerless, listen close, by accepting that you are powerless over your destructive impulses and turning your will over to God for help, you can successfully begin the journey toward a full and lasting recovery. And that's what that's what we've been asked to do anyway. Right? God wants you to freely come to him and be willing to live as God wills. And so any step study is just sort of reiterating that very thing. I understand that in some cases, people who have called themselves Christians for years can sometimes be the most judgmental people. I've mentioned that. And for that, I apologize. Alcoholics 
addicts, people dealing with mental health issues, as well as those who claim not to have any of these issues, still have character defects of their own. There are some people in the church who would, I guess, convincingly describe themselves as not dealing with anything mental health-wise or addiction-wise, but they still have character defects or character flaws. Being snobby, condescending, and treating people as though they are beneath you are all character defects. So although you might not be dealing with an addiction issue, or you might not be dealing with a mental health issue, I would encourage you to still take a little bit of an inventory of yourself. And I would ask, or maybe even try to have the courage to ask your friends or family closest to you. If you could pick out something that would be considered a character defect or flaw in my personality, what would it be? What would it be? I encourage you to ask those close to you that very question. Not because I'm wanting to start some family argument or, you know, break up a friendship. Um, but just solely so that it can be brought to your attention. Because that's where the healing starts. I know people that are loud and boisterous and just in their natural tone tend to sound condescending and demeaning and would swear that that's not what their intentions are. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that intended or not, that's how they come off. Right? And you could probably say you know someone like that too. Or you got someone who really doesn't care to help out of the homeless. And I'm not saying that's a make or break a deal with God, right? God doesn't operate that way. I'm just trying to let you know that everybody is dealing with something. Celebrate recovery, recovery, um, refers to life's issues as hurts, habits, or hang-ups. And I don't, I don't know about you, but to me, those three very descriptive words really paint a very large picture. A hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. A lot of things would fit under that umbrella. A lot of things. Don't let anyone discourage you from maintaining your faith in God if you're a believer. Don't let anyone cause you to doubt your faith despite whatever it is you're going through. Not just addiction, not just mental health issues, but as people, as human beings, we doubt. It's in our nature. But hold steadfast to your faith in God and what it is that he wants for your life.
I wish you well. I thank you again for listening. I hope you got something out of this podcast. I appreciate you sharing it. Share it with someone who needs a little bit of encouragement today. Thanks a lot. Until next time, be good, be blessed.